Welcome to the BWFA Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise podcast series brought to you by Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. This podcast is informational and not a specific recommendation. Please consult with your financial advisor. Hi, this is Larry Post, Senior Tax and Planning Advisor at Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. And in this podcast episode of Tax Talk, I wanted to talk about teleworking and the dual taxation dilemma. So everybody's always fantasized about being in two places at one time. Well, guess what? Some states believe you can do that. And I'm talking about from a taxation standpoint. And with COVID-19 coming about late 2019, early 2020, and a lot of people through 2020 and probably definitely through 2021 and don't know if that will continue how far into 2022 and beyond, have decided that they were going to work in a location other than their principal place or residency. And in some cases, no one really thought about the tax implications of doing that. So let's talk a little bit about residency and this shift from uh, long-term temporary living arrangements in states other than your pre-2020 principal place of abode. And can you be a dual resident, which can create double taxation? So let's start with the discussion and the differences between being a statutory resident and a domiciliary resident and how that affects you. So residents are normally taxed on their worldwide income. So let's start with the premise that if you're a resident of a state, you're typically taxed on your worldwide income, while non-residents of a state are typically taxed only on their state source income. So let's use an example. You live in the state of Maryland. You have a vacation home in North Carolina that you rent. North Carolina, you're a non-resident. You don't live there. Maybe you spend a little time in your vacation home. But North Carolina can only tax you as a non-resident on your rental income in North Carolina. And Maryland is going to tax you on all your income. And typically, you would get a credit in Maryland for any taxes you paid on that rental income in North Carolina. But let's now talk about residency. So there are two ways a state can be considered a resident for income tax purposes. And this is state income tax purposes. So we call domicile or statutory residency. So domicile, though defined differently depending on the state in general, is where a person's principal place of abode or home is located and the place in which you intend to return. So that's key there, right? A lot of people temporarily went to their vacation home, maybe spent a year, year and a half, but your intent was always to go back to your principal place of residence. That will be your domicile. Okay, and there are multiple factors in addition to your principal place of residence. There is voter registration, driver's license registration. Where do you receive government mail, i.e., where is your tax return address? Where is other government mail, Social Security statements, things like that? And how much time do you spend in a state? Those are all going to be factors. And some states, such as Massachusetts and New Jersey, also consider family ties as another factor in determining your domicile. You can only have one domicile by law, and it will remain unchanged until you have evidence to prove that you've in fact changed it. So you have to do something, buy a new home or rent in a new state, move your belongings, 
not just buy new stuff. Get a new driver's license, title and register a vehicle or a boat, register to vote, engage medical professionals. So imagine I've moved, but I haven't changed my doctors. Well, how are you going to do that? If you've moved to a new location, how are you going to see doctors in old? So these are factors they do consider to determine if, in fact, you've changed your domicile. So an intent will be one of them as well. You can't move your domicile for one or two years, and then all of a sudden you move back. So by the time you're audited on a case like this, you've already moved back. They're going to use that as the fact that you never really changed your domicile because you're already back. So those are multiple factors. Statutory residency is pretty simple. And it's under the laws of most states, it's based on the number of days spent in the state. Typically, it's 183 days. So that would give you more than half. Some states, though, talk about 182, 184, depending on the state. But you can see that it's all around the same number of days, and it's solely based on number of days residing in a state. The taxpayer is going to bear the burden of proof to say you're not a resident of a state. So you're going to have to prove you weren't there or there, right? Because tax states want to tax you. So they're going to claim you are a resident. You have to prove that you weren't, that you weren't there for the 183 days. So keeping detailed records... Uh, charge receipts, flights, things like that can help prove where you were and where you weren't, okay? And dwellings are typical, uh, vary state by state, but they typically don't include seasonal or unwinterized homes. So if you can't winterize or live in a place during the certain months, then typically you would argue that is not a statutory residence. I cannot stay there. Okay, so you can be a domiciled resident of one state and a statutory resident of another state. Why? So use the example of because of COVID, you decided that you left Maryland and went to your vacation home to live. So you left this area. You're a domiciled resident of Maryland. That has not changed. You didn't change licenses, voter registration. You didn't do anything to say you were leaving Maryland. You didn't get rid of your home, but you spent a year, year and a half living in another state. That other state is going to call you a statutory resident. And the problem with being a dual resident, unlike my previous example, where if you're a non-resident of a state, only the income sourced in that state is taxable there. If you are a dual resident, both states have the right to tax you on all your income earned worldwide. So both states can claim all the income is taxable to us. And depending on state law, there are some states that will say as a statutory resident, all your income is taxable, but if it's non-sourced income, i.e. interest, dividends, capital gains, investment income, rental income, maybe from another state, we will allow a credit for taxes you pay to your domicile state. Or maybe you can exclude that income. So every state's law is different, which is the problem. So some states won't allow you to exclude it. And if you live in two states and neither state allows you to exclude or take a credit for other taxes, you end up paying taxes on all your income in two places. And that's not good. Understand also a lot of states allow a credit, like I said before, the, the Maryland-North Carolina scenario where if you have rental property in North Carolina, Maryland says, hey, we're going to give you a credit for the taxes you pay in North Carolina. That typically works with a resident-non-resident scenario. If you have two residency scenarios, most tax returns don't allow you to take a credit for taxes paid to another jurisdiction if it's a resident. See, 
tax return in that other state. It's supposed to be a non-resident tax return. It will say non-resident tax credit. It doesn't say resident tax credit. So there are issues and every state is going to be different. You have to understand your state tax laws. And this has come about obviously because of teleworking and will continue to be an issue after COVID-19 due to teleworking. People are now working in different places, living in different places. So it is conceivable you can be a resident of two places subject to dual taxation and may not get the credit. So please talk to your tax advisor about this if this circumstance applies to you and really have a discussion about whether it makes sense to continue to live in two places or is it going to be costly to do so. Um, when in fact, the scenario up front was, hey, this isn't going to cost me anything and I get to spend a nice time at my vacation home overlooking the water. Uh, that may have been an expensive proposition. So as always, if you have any questions, we here at BWFA are more than happy to talk to you. And as always, be safe. Thanks for listening. For questions, more information, or to schedule a conversation, please contact Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors. Past performance is no measure or guarantee of future returns. Investing in securities involves risk, including the risk of principal. The securities and services mentioned here may not be suitable for every investor. You should discuss these with your advisor prior to making a final determination based on your risk tolerance, your investment objectives, and your financial situation. Baltimore Washington Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor.